Blitz has a second name. It's A F T E What does that spell, everybody? Dern after reading. And that's what we're here to talk about. Dern after we read. We have watched a lot of Dern film. Yes, we have watched a live film. This is only the second ever live straight from viewing uh podcast we've recorded and you know a little coincidence the first one also the first thing we watched the first time we did this also had laura dern in it (laughs) and you know what that's a fun thing because this podcast is all about us watching every laura dern project it is we like to get together nick and i and watch a laura dern film every week for all of the year 2020 turns out yeah roughly speaking and then some and that that's poignant i think <laughs> it really speaks to to the times <laughs> it's a lot about her, her emotional well-being or lack thereof in these times <sighs> speaking of which when a clown gets a runny nose do you think they have to take off the fake red nose to squeeze it out or do you think it just pours out oh no <laughs> does it have a spit valve <laughs> i would imagine great question really good oh, question i've been thinking about it lately i would imagine because clown clowning you know th- this is they're real pros out there it's not it's not all fun and games for lack of a better cliche so they know what they're doing the pros they ain't taking off the nose a kid sees that traumatize them even yeah. more than just the regular clown does right the kid who actually likes clowns will then be traumatized. That ruins the, clown. the illusion. Ruin the nose. It really does. Um, so I do not picture a clown removing it. I imagine that, you know, it's an absorbent spongent material. You can really get a few a few good blows in there. I think, like, you could probably get about a like a, a shot, like a one-ounce shot worth of worth of snot and oh, mucus and man. blood. A little bit of blood if you get one of those. Um, you just keep talking, don't you? <laughs> and I'd say the real pros, this is what makes them pros. Then fine, then about that level, then they have done everything they need to do, excuse themselves, and uh, drain and roll, their nose into out the bathroom the sink. Yep, you wring it out. And they could probably be real quick about it. <laughs> like oh, a, yeah, no, they're like a NASCAR pit stop. They got that ring ring them out. They got that sleight of hand down, Pat. And they're not spreading the COVID. Oh, no. Clowns. Clowns are the reason the Spanish flu wasn't as bad as it could have been. (laughs) Which is ironic because they fit so many of themselves in a small car. (laughs) You'd think sickness would be rampant among the clowning community. Not when you keep the nose on tight. Clown strong, man. We stand with the clowns in the year 2020. So what's Laura Dern been up to lately? I don't know. You're the one who looks at her Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm the one that stalks her on the internet. <laughs> well, it seems she is working on a project with a woman named Jonah Frank, who is doing a coming-of-age photography memoir about her childhood in New Jersey, which appears to have Laura Dern starring as a mother, because there's a lovely picture of her very decked out in 60s garb, like... With a very white Christmas Christmas tree. Describe the hair, please. Oh, the hair is a brown... It's almost like the Beatles. Like, it's a 
Yeah, it's, it's a like bob. A, it's a helmet. It's it's, it's a helmet of brown hair. Uh, sort of the the frumpier of the the housewifely, fifties housewifely hairdos, I'd say. Yeah. Archetypically speaking, uh, it reminds me. It looks like an Anna Gasteyer character from SNL. A little like exaggerated, round head. So I'm excited. That's a different yeah, yeah. turn. I want to see this photographic memoir. Me too, kinda. I mean, you know, if I get it, I'll share it with you. I probably won't, actually. I'm, let's be real about this. We, I, we have to. Do we have to do <laughs> photographic <laughs> memoirs? I, you also sent me, she recently did a um, calm... A calm meditation oh, half yes. reading, um, which we have not yet... I have not yet listened to. Well, we have to do it eventually. We will. They, that's, our, that's our nightcap. The demon's curse won't be freed until we are let out, until we consume every Laura Dern. It's, it's just going to be like, Holy Dern, which we'll talk a bit more about vis-a-vis oh, this particular film. Yes, we we did a big spooky this week, which turned out not to be that spooky. I didn't even know it was supposed to be spooky. I don't think I it thought t- Tonally was. it was about what I was expecting. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason I thought it was more of a spooks movie. Turns out, it was just kind of a... Well, let's not undersell it. It's a big popular film. What do we got, Nick? It's a sexy drama confusing thriller. What's it called? Uh, Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. You may know the song, Blue Velvet. (laughs) I did not. Did you know that song? I don't. I think I've heard it, but that's just because I am surrounded by lynchophiles. Yes. Um... Yeah, if Lynchers, you see the movie, wait a minute. Know the song. you can't miss it. Oh yeah, no, they sing it repeatedly and refer to the color blue and the word velvet. And also use blue velvet itself. It is a set dressing. As a, not a set dressing, no. It is, it is an in- instrumental to um, a completely enigmatic and absurd fetish slash, I'm going to say general malap. Demon at... <sighs> so where do you want to start with this one? Well, I just want to... I should introduce this by saying... I've, I've shown my hand slightly here. Um, but I've taken a, a strong stance with my admittedly limited viewing of David Lynch material to uh, <laughs> demean and attack the man. Yes, you have been quite violent. And there was... And so, like... 20 to 30 minutes into this movie, mm-hmm. I was like, I I love this movie. <laughs> I was like, I absolutely, I was like, I'm so thrilled. I'm actually just like, I get to admit that I was wrong oh, and just Max, talk about how much I love it. Such a change of character. Were, then, you, were you visited by three ghosts last night? And then, a half hour after that. Oh no. I had an even better realization. Which was, oh no, I do not. <laughs> this is a beautiful and empty film. It, um, <laughs> once more in typical Lynchian fashion, it sets up like it's gonna, it, a lot of promise, a lot of promise out of the gate, but it reveals itself to be utterly fucking meaningless and completely hollow shell, which basically makes this equivalent equally this movie is no better than boondock scenes 
health. Stake that claim. <sighs> Scathing. That was a roller coaster. I'm really proud. That's of how the ex- movie experience really was for me. Interesting. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Oh man, I don't. What's your What's your synopsis here? <sighs> synopsis. Well, a 30 year old college student goes home because his dad <laughs> had an ear stroke. And he had to go home to run the family hardware store that seemed to be running just fine without him because he was almost never there. And, um, he finds an ear. He just finds an ear. It's there, and he's very casual about this. And then he takes it to the chief of police, who is also incredibly casual. Like, on everyone in this movie talks like... There's such a specific way of speaking where it's so, like, folksy and calm and, like, golly-gee old-timey. And I think also intentionally stilted. True. Like, it's supposed to be a little jarring. It's almost like the entire... Uh, it's almost like a really good movie was put through the filter of a bad stage play. Yes. But the good movie still comes out at the end. You just get, like, that bad stage play, like, movement and talking. Um, and, uh, I don't even know. He's really curious about this ear, and then he gets the hots for the cop's daughter, who is Laura Dern. She has a very good entrance. There's, like, music and pitch blackness, and you hear a woman say, were you asking my father about the ear, or something like that? And then she comes into the light. She emerges from Uh, the shadows. She's so young and pretty. It is very, very pretty, Darren. Very pretty. She has not jurassic a single park yet in her career. <laughs> she can still almost convincingly play a high schooler. I think so. Almost. She was probably like 22. And also, I don't know if you noticed how she cried in this movie, but it was insane. Yes. Like her mouth makes like a figure eight. Well, the cry scene, I thought that was when I still really liked it. Which she oh, wait, cries no, more no, than wait. once, though. <laughs> oh, wait, no. So, he's curious. She wants to help. They go to the apartment of a mysterious and currently police-observed lounge singer. This feels like walking uphill. <laughs> we don't, this we don't need to go beat by beat. Oh, no. We're going... No. So, he, he meets her... She's wild. She has right. a lot. She of... becomes a very important yes. character. She seems to have a lot of different men over, mainly one whose name is Frank, um, and he likes his gas, and he likes to play um, mother and daddy fetish stuff. Which was you... that what it was? I couldn't quite. I think so. I couldn't <laughs> fit it in a. <laughs> It's, it's, it's very, what I would call, volatile sexual content. Yes. Not in graphicness, but more in just feeling. Like yes. It's it's, um, it's abrasive to the soul. And it's frankly a, a miserable trope of fetish as disease, yeah. as immorality or If violence. I want to huff my gas <laughs> and do what he was doing to that lady... I should be allowed to, without judgment. <laughs> and he was Only also punching sense. her a lot. <laughs> there was a lot of punching. And Dennis Hopper, 
I've not seen many Dennis Hopper films, but I'm gonna say this isn't his usual thing. I, I, the only other thing I know, um, well would be Super Mario Brothers film, which sorely underrated. I think the the history has shined a, a somewhat brighter light on that film. I uh, yes, and, I've heard some of the lore. And uh, Dennis Hopper plays Bowser, um, so basically the same energy. Ah, uh, you're right, actually. Um, in that particular case. In fact, there's the part where instead of a tie, Dennis Hopper has like three metal triangle spikes on That's, his shirt I'm not gonna collar. lie, that was pretty good. It was pretty cool, and it felt very Bowser. All, like, at one point, um, Jeffrey, who is played by... Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin, uh, Lynch favorite. Um, he is leaving the singer's apartment, who he now has a sexual relationship with, Although she does not know his name, apparently. We also find out she has a husband and son who are being held by Frank and Frank's people. Yada, yada, yada. So Frank takes Jeffrey out. He's taking him for a joyride. They go to a club, which is really just a house. And it's called... <laughs> what was it? Is This is it? Oh, I don't even recall. Because he said, when they pull up, Dennis Hopper oh, says, says, this, this is, is it. it. And it's a like a board like a closed club storefront with a neon sign that just says "This is it." Oh, I missed that. And then we go into a house I can only describe as like a frumpier Vincent Price, also a little bit Tom Waitsy, and his entire house and staff are like older. Um, What's, what's that comic series? Housewife. Farsight. Like, older Farsight oh, yes. Housewives. Very far Very... This movie, especially early, the intro, is very Norman Rockwell. Yes. Very there's... Americana. And it sort of does, I'd say, a very shortcuts thing to bring every movie we've ever discussed on here <laughs> back. Um, a similar subversion of that Rockwellian America. It is... Like, parts of this remind me of, like, the area I'm from, like, that woodsy, woodsy, like, deep, like, the radio yes. station is W-O-O-D, like, it's <laughs> in so much. The police department <laughs> sign just says police department and has, like, an almost Ren and Stimpy-esque cartoon log logo. <laughs> uh, and right, so it had promise. It had a it lot did, of promise. It, got, it had a lot going for did it. Did you like this movie? I liked elements of it. I liked that, like, Americana vibe. I enjoyed the similarities to Twin Peaks. Yeah, aesthetically I, very similar. I thought, and... I thought the gas was interesting until it made him, like, how he was. Um, I liked all of the shots that used, like, ambient bug noise music. Yeah. And, like, there were some, like, extreme, extreme close-ups I thought were interesting. And, like, certain cuts. There were some very cool shots. There was definitely some, like, good f filmmaking mm -hmm. in this. There was. And that's that's kind of my problem with Lynch. Is because... <laughs> you know he could do better. No, no, no. Okay. It's, I mean, he could... <laughs> it doesn't need to be any more highbrow. But what he does is... He crafts these things in such a way to suggest that he is saying an awful lot about morality and about sex and power, right? This movie, like, pretends that's what's going on, 
by way of these really artistically done shots um, and this sort of this sort of stylized filmmaking to come back to the ear. What if he had never this minor thing he stumbles upon an ear and everything changes? But then the movie, it's it's like Reindeer Games with Ben Affleck. It's like a cool, sexy crime thriller, and but it but it like wants to pretend it says more than that and means more than that. Um, and I, I don't think it does. And I think it's fine to like make the first, just make the sexy crime thriller. Just don't like jerk yourself off while you do it, David Lynch. I'm confused. Okay. So all this happens. Eventually Jeffrey like cracks the case, so to say. He figures out like there's some corruption in the police force maybe. And he figures out that Frank has the husband and the kid and he like he makes everything happen so that it works out for him. He gets Frank to come to Blue Velvet Lady's apartment, where there is an earless dead man and a the police officer who is corrupt with a hole in his head and brain coming out. And so the ear came from him, the yes. guy that was in the apartment. But how was it found earlier in the story? Um I feel like there's an element of time if, travel if that, that is addressed... not in any way mentioned. Right. The whole ear chopping would have had, had happened previous to that entire thing. True. And I'm not sure. I mean, maybe he they just took off his ear and he died later. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. We, never we never heard back from the scientists who could have learned true. whether or not it was chopped off a dead You know, as I was saying all this all out loud, I realized he didn't have like a bloody wound. It was pretty much just like yeah, an ear. Yeah, just gone. like scarred over. Hoisted by my own petard once mm -hmm. again. Um, so I've heard... I've seen Dennis Hopper's character in this on, like, all-time greatest villains lists. Hmm. And I'm gonna say, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. This was... <laughs> and I'm not... And I don't really put any of this on Hopper. I think, right, he was this extreme, over-the-top, cursed-a-lot wild man. What makes him absolutely not one of the best villains ever is that he's not a character we don't know why this guy is what he is yeah we have no reason he's he's a prop and also like i don't know about you but i really don't wonder like that thing with like the joker why he's so popular right. like people want to know like how did he get that yes. way like this character i don't care we like, were he's given just no a place filler exactly that's exactly how i felt um so if you think that way you're wrong that's <laughs> D-A-R stance. Yeah. Um, if you don't like it, leave. And I think it it felt like he could have been. I thought he was going to be, so I had that kind of in my mind as I was aware of that little bit. For, for some reason, I just expected him to be more like articulate or interesting, and he was just kind of like off the handle the entire time. And then how about, how about our guy Ben? Oh, right, that was at the Weird House. Ben with the makeup. Yes, that's the guy oh. that the frumpy Vincent Price. Oh like, yes, yes, yes. He and was I, so much. Watching that, I was like, I wrote down, I was like, Ben would have made a better villain because <laughs> I, I was curious about that guy. I'm like, what's his fucking deal? And he was like so like looted out, like he his eyes barely opened, and when he spoke, it was just so soft and slow and like agreeable. He just wanted as few words as possible. Yes. He was strangely uh. calm. That gave him like. 
It didn't. He wasn't sinister, but you wondered if he could have been. He well, does punch punch our boy in the face. He, he does, which was that's <laughs> such a weird move for him. Um, there is a guy who I think he looks just like, but I can't think of the name. I'll have it for you in like one second. I'll start talking about the suspense of this film. Yes, you do that. <laughs> you keep doing your. Um, the, uh, it felt, so it starts off this really kind of interesting turn where this guy in normal Rockwellian suburbia finds this ear and then it's like, what if you happened upon this? What if you stumbled upon it and then it takes down this crazy path? And at first it's very exciting because he just keeps going with it and like, Dern says she's in they're, they just keep going deeper and deeper into this ear mystery. And at first it's like, what are you doing? Stop. Just <laughs> like, don't, don't keep rushing into this. But it's kind of like, all right, he's on, he's charging in. Let's see how he does. And it's got a lot of really cool suspense where he sneaks into this woman's um, apartment or he gets in as a blood spray guy or blue velvet lounge singer, of course. And the plan is for Darren to knock. Uh, while he gives him a chance to snoop around and so we get the knock and the door opens and it's some man we've never seen when we thought it would be Darren like great suspense and like that chunk of the movie was like bop 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 little twist now he's in the closet and because it had started off so weird and where sometimes I see the lynching weird stuff and I'm like this doesn't feel necessary but I realized then we get this strange scene where this woman comes in and finds him in a closet and she's uh, wields a knife and forces him to remove his clothes. And you're wondering if she's going to chop his dick off. It Were came, you? I was not, like, she might. Uh, it came to mind, but I feel like if that happened in this movie, I would have known about it. That's probably true, too. Um, <laughs> that seems like the thing that would spread yes, the most. That's absolutely true. Um, but then she doesn't, and inst- and all of that tension buildup then gets entirely replaced by just gross trope sex. This woman is, like, being raped by Dennis Hopper monster um, and just falls in the arms of this man who, as far as she knows, is a complete pervert hiding, watching her change in her closet... His motives are, like, slightly better than that, but not arguably not much. Um, and just, like, falls for him. And, like, <laughs> and it's, like, the one femme fatale, sex is power, and two, just, like, damsel in distress. And they keep setting it up, like, maybe she's leading him on. Maybe she's got her own secrets. And, like, they'll kiss. And they, he, like, keeps going back and... They kiss, and she kisses to the side, and it almost looks unnatural in that Lynchian sort of way. Um, And things seem to go well, and he leaves, and then the camera pans over to the airy curtains, and ominous sound plays. And it's like, maybe something is strange with her. And (laughs) best I can tell, maybe I missed something. No, she's just, like, crazy, and also in love with him, and also we have, like, has no reason for her character to be. Yeah, I mean, she, like, doesn't, 
like he keeps coming back and she keeps either calling him her husband's name or just like kind of using him as a prop in her own what's going on inside her head kind of things and then like she shows up naked to his house i think or at least a house was that his house or was she just in the suburbs okay so he's um jeffrey is getting chased by laura dern's ex and we just see this woman fully naked coming out of a house right which is like funny 50s subversion because it was such like 50s bully bumps oh yeah they're driving like 50s cars yeah and and he's He's trying to beat him up. He's like, you took my girl. Yeah, it's such like... And, and it's this... And Dern is dressed like very fit. Like she could absolutely be 50s character. Looking yeah. exactly And the, the house same. is very, you know, not yeah, it's an, And then just in the background you see this bruised, battered, yes. naked woman on a porch who just interrupts this. And of course this is the time she remembers his name and just starts saying these <laughs> wonderful things. Like he put the his poison in me. Tell him it's okay. Please help him. All while Laura Dern's just breaking down crying. Yes. And then supervillain Dennis Hopper catches him. Super maniac, just unreasonable gas (laughs) sex monster Hopper. Um, Then (laughs) gets this kid. Kid defends uh, Blue Velvet when he's fondling her nipples when he's all gassed up in the car, which is a real sicko power play. Points to you, Hopper. I do think he did a good job. I just don't think the character was a character. Um, And then (laughs) Jeffrey punches him in the face from the backseat of the car, and then he takes him out and gives him this whole speech about how, (laughs) like, you fuck with me, you get a love letter. You know what a love letter is? A bullet. And And then lets him go like well let's what? not forget that he co-ops this speech with a spooky clown sleep song yeah that he just repeats for about half the speech which is only spooky because he's really trying to make it spooky and then it's he, a lovely song and then he puts on makeup like lipstick and just kisses jeffrey all over his mouth and face oh yeah <laughs> and then they just beat the shit out of him and he wakes up the next morning in a lumberyard yeah which again no rhyme or reason that's, Maybe that's what that character. That's the David Lynch do. fantasy right there. <laughs> that's how this <laughs> that feels. Entire kidnapping. That's how this feels. I like uh, the the and this whole thing was just like morality tale in a way. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about how Dern was maybe just like a pure white, just the driven snow, like Christian angel for no reason other than like. That's who the movie decided she was? Huh. Did you... Well, so first there's this one shot where the Dern and McLaughlin are talking in the car at night. And there's a... Behind them is what appears to be like a Catholic church with stained glass all lit backdrop. And Kyle McLaughlin is in dark clothes top to bottom, which makes him a lot like Hopper. Um, Laura Dern is this white, lily white 50s kind of style. Um, and she's got the stained glass windows behind her and she's giving like this strange kind of holy speech that doesn't feel like it means anything. Hmm. And then at the end of the, and then the movie ends with, it's just like, I love you. I love you. And it's like, they're the two lovers and they embrace and it's the same. Oh. It's, it felt like 
this movie was trying to say something about like making good choices and bad choices but it didn't but like on like an 80s PSA level like it didn't know how to say anything meaningful with those but pretended like it still was like Lynch just you shouldn't have taken it so seriously (laughs) there's like that holy angelic chorus at the end I don't even remember it it was a half hour ago because it felt like such drivel I feel like my the David Lynch movie I've seen more times than any, and I haven't seen that many of them, is The Elephant Man. Okay. If you know the premise. I don't. Oh man, really? there's elephant titles. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's just the he works at a freak he's like a prisoner of a freak show. Oh, okay. And then he gets freed and falls in love and blah 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 blah. Gotcha. That is a less serious movie than this movie. Like the tone <laughs> of that movie, which is about the imprisonment and social torture of a man who is treated that way just for his looks. I feel like is less serious than this. Which I feel it like is saying something thing. about this. <laughs> it might be saying something about the Elephant Man, too. I don't know. I like the Elephant Man. I haven't but seen you it. Know, it's worth it. Um, <laughs> it's it's worth it. Yeah. But yeah, that's how I felt like this didn't have enough laughs for a movie that should have been funny. Not enough gags. It like, it had some. Oh, it had some, had some And, <sighs> but it felt like it was taking itself very seriously. And I did not think it earned any of that even a little bit hmm it felt like there's a dr seuss book um to think that i saw it on mulberry street do you know that one that just sounds like the name of another david lynch movie (laughs) i feel like i know the cover but i don't know if i know the plot of it it's uh a boy comes home from school and his dad says, what, what did you see on your way to school, from school today? And he says, like, he saw, like, a, he says, like, a horse in a wagon. And then he thinks, like, but maybe what if there was, like, a bigger thing than that? And a bigger thing. And it's this whole crazy Susian parade on Mulberry Street. But then in the end, all he actually saw was the horse and wagon. He was, yeah, fibbing. And that's what this movie felt like. That it was like, well, what'd you what'd you see when you walked walked home from the hospital where your dad's dying, boy? It's like, well, you know, he'd toss some rocks at a barrel. It's like, oh, and imagine if I saw a human ear. You know, I agree with you, first of all. I this whole movie I just kept expecting it to have been a dream or an idea or like him just thinking or maybe just like it at the end you like zoom out from the dad's eyes or something like it didn't feel like it was real which maybe is the point I mean it seemed like part of it yeah and you can do that you can make it dreamy like it's a great Dr. Seuss book um but where this feels like it, it then then it's got to be less serious to do that right then it just make it more fun because it wants to be fun it wants to be very fun because all it just like madcap shit happens <laughs> i mentioned the movie four rooms cuz like plot wise it's almost like four rooms esque it's like where you might find like a dead hooker under a mattress in a hotel room it's got those vibes but four rooms is a straight up slapstick farce um <laughs> which i think suits that better hmm. this is just you know some classic lynch tug 
It was fun. I'll never forget my first lynch dog. An enjoyable ride. Yeah. This, not this gonna, is not a great movie. I'm not going to watch it again soon, but you know. I'm going to think about it. And like... Mull it over. I haven't seen Wild at Heart. I, me, given my anti-Lynch bias, I'm excited for when we do watch it. I will watch regardless of its assignation. I have a feeling that one's going to be better. Well, in my mind, like, if I if I had, like, uh, pessimistic views of Wild at Heart, it was this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Like, just a completely, like, dog shit romance <laughs> between s- some sort of bad boy and angelic Laura Dern. Um, and I'll be very amused if that's exactly what it is. I hope I hate it. <laughs> I really do. Because Lynch, man, I really thought, I told Nick last week, I said, like, I'm excited for this. I think I might love it. I was really ready because I'd heard very good things about this movie. And then you watched it. And then I watched it. And so, like, Oof. what I was afraid I would need to just completely reevaluate my stance vis a vis DL, but no, this was trash. I mean, now you, can, you don't have to take down all these posters in your room <laughs> that are just like David Lynch's face with darts in them. I mean, what would you do with your interior I decoration? I wish I had a dartboard. Have you ever been a dart player? I've dabbled. I never played it. I pre- Anytime I played it, I pretty much just played to like throw darts at things. I didn't actually keep score. So no. Yes. The, <laughs> so the answer is... Long no. story short, absolutely not. That's like saying like, oh yeah, you done much bowling? Like yeah, a couple birthday parties. Like, <laughs> Alright. <laughs> hey man. I've been <laughs> Going bowling. Down. As many times, not at a... B- birthday party as at a birthday party that being said i haven't bowled that much it's fair that's what my, that's where most people are at yeah um i had a dartboard and you college. on the other hand you bowl a perfect 300 every time i've never no. two two it, i think 67 is my, that's my pretty, top it's pretty good it was pretty good i got the first eight you me little man bowling competition okay it's on the vids. All right, what's at stake here? Um, all of the future royalties for this podcast. You. <laughs> Can I tell you Sucker. the one the one bowling wager um, that I've t- I took down? Oh, Ooh. in college, me and my roommate were on an intramural bowling team, mm-hmm. and it was people were not. I had already bowled in high school consistently on my high school team. I was about to ask, Captain. I was on the team for six years, starting in middle school. Damn, you're yeah. cool. Oh, Holy yeah, I was, shit, little, I was a little prodigy. <laughs> I flamed out. I never... They, I they, was called never you, they called you the next Bobby Fischer in Time Magazine. I, I peaked in eighth grade um, as Yo, a bowler. Same. So far. Um, <laughs> but, so we were on this little intramural team, and I left a split that was like a two-pin split. It's not an easy split to make, but it's one that, like, I hope to make. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm gonna come close to. And my roommate says, he's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you make this. (laughs) And I look at him and I said, are you sure? Because, like, I know it's possible that I will make this. He's like, "Ah, yeah, hundred bucks. I was like, (laughs) alright. And, like, as soon as it left my hand, sometimes you just know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just nailed it. He's like, fuck. Why did I make that best? Like, I tried to warn you. Max, your power frightens me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. 
so we forgot to mention this is the halloween episode this is, i didn't realize this was spooky themed at all you know me too do you want to do you want to just watch the real spooky thing next week the next <laughs> episode yeah the, I, oh. remember i gave you two options oh what was the other one the other one was um like an a classical horror story anthology series and laura dern was in the um dr jekyll and mr hyde episode oh hell yeah we'll do that next yeah because next week's episode will just it's like it'll come it's out our halloween episode it'll come out two days after halloween so it is technically closer so uh we could just uh, i will if halloween does feel a little price is right rules i think you get all saints day is still halloween ish uh-huh. right because it, it extends God, you go from your mischief night to your Halloween to your All Saints Day. I'll, I'll give you one day after. November 1st can still be Halloween spirit. I think two days after Halloween is Thanksgiving. Oh. So it's like you've you got to go over the price. You can go a little over the price. You can go one day over the price you know, of Halloween. You know, the other day I was talking to somebody about the month of November and subconsciously without even realizing it, I just called November Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, like I, I think I literally out loud said like what day of Thanksgiving are you free and they looked at me and blinked and I was like November what day oh of November? god that's, a, that's was, a strange brain moment it is COVID 2020 brain man <laughs> Ugh, it's got me all backwards so yeah I don't care we're watching the spooky thing yeah <laughs> sorry all you thanksgiving turn heads out and there. this is how we're gonna end up stretching this podcast another year <laughs> by cutting it down to one thing an episode <laughs> and making the episodes twice as long yeah yeah you're you're about 45 minutes into a three-hour conversation i hope you know that everyone listening not that's you, true the conversation is between us and the film we basically just watched it yeah i mean what else is there to say about this movie i feel like i haven't been um like properly scathing towards david lynch himself for making this like i've said some horrible shit yeah but not the worst (laughs) you have better in you and i know that (laughs) and i don't know what like take a swing let me get a celebrity shot here, Nick. Say something real mean about David Lynch. Oh, I don't want to do for this that. film. He's just a nice old man now. <sighs> oh, you're the one that always talks about the banality of evil. David Lynch, there you go. Squeaky-voiced old man. Let's try. Spends an entire career making awful movies. Terrible and everyone movies. praises him. Pretended they were good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I uh, hope it'd be fun if he... Man, like, we just lost at least three of our seven listeners. I mean, history might kill Lynch, and maybe we can be a part of that. What do you mean by kill Lynch? <laughs> Not literally. <laughs> I, mean, I, I forgot he was still alive. Yeah, he's still around, you know. Um, <laughs> how much longer you give him? Let's do a David Lynch tip. Oh, no, okay. I don't know if I've talked about this on you, the show. You have more information about this man's like life, age, and health than I do, I'm sure. Um. Yeah, I'm actually his personal assistant. <laughs> He's going to be really mad when he hears this. He's not going to let me eat this week. Um, What was I saying? What was I saying, Max? How you're David Lynch's catamite? Stop that. Whatever. Oh, me and my roommate, I don't know if I've talked about this, but um, we have this little thing where we talk about celebrities, and then a few days later they die. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if I want to talk about this right okay. now, because well, I don't want to... I'll see if I can channel it myself. I don't want to curse... <laughs> 
Durin. Good God. Um, curse. Lynch. Lynch. Oh, imagine if that would oh be Oh my God! No! Oh! No! No! <laughs> we monkeys spawned it. Dern, save Dern! If you're out there, Laura Dern. She's already dead. <laughs> Alright, David Lynch. Yeah, he's gonna die by next March. I don't uh, think it's so. March 2021. He's only 74. Yep, March 2021. He's been married. Four fucking times. Yeah. What? Dude, this guy doesn't seem like a man who knows things about healthy, <laughs> intimate, and sexual relationships. The man who made that film. Wait a minute. His wife, his current wife, is like 30 years younger than him. Yeah, it sounds about right. I guess that's fair. I don't know. Her picture made her look much younger, but I guess she's just a young lady. Just a young 40-something. Yeah, that feels like Lynch. Good for him. Right? Like, I don't know if I spelled it out. This movie was not not a good um, depiction or representation of women as characters. Oh, what? So no. Ever. This movie, I'm gonna just go out and say, did not pass the Bechdel test. This movie got like a, a serious <laughs> negative Bechdel yeah. It, basically, we have two female characters. We have Laura Jern and Blue Velvet, Dorothy Lounge Singer. And Lounge Singer is more obvious. Like, it's just sex is like her power, which is very femme fatale and sometimes can be subversive, right? Where, like, the woman uses her, her looks, her, her prowess to you know assert for herself um but this movie doesn't do that it just it's it sets her up like that and such an explicit like multiple times just fully naked um the only part of her character is at least related to sex and her again her rape by dennis hopper then her attacking slash raping um kyle mclaughlin then her falling in love with him. And to, to like femme fatale and damsel in distress in the worst possible way. And then Dern's just this fucking saint woman. It's like, I feel like that was before there was Manic Pixie Dream Girl. There was like, good, Lily White, good girl. Right? Like that was her job. Instead of like the dream, now it's... You can do anything you set your mind to, and you're not, like, a, just a shitty dude. Um, right? That's what the Manic Pixie Dream Girl brings out. Like, back then, it was just, like, you can be a good guy. And that was just, Dern gave him that. And, like, she didn't have any reason to give him that. She didn't have to, like, fall for this dude. Like, part of it felt like a rebellion against her dad. When yeah. she's like, I'm gonna help this guy with his ear thing, <laughs> like, secretly, because my dad's a cop. Like, cool. Great lead. Like, let's fucking go. Um, and then it doesn't I don't give think, her anything. I don't think that. she should have stayed with him. Because the implication at the end is like that they are a couple that lives together, I think. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it like, implies the. Yeah, the he did film. some shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know if Lynch made the right choice. Yeah. By Lynch, I, I mean Dern. I just keep mixing up their names now. I don't think Dern made the. I don't think they either made the right choice. Wow. I don't know. What did, what did you learn from Dern? 
from Dern explicitly. What did I learn? And then you start. You got one. I learned that if you're being taken to a diner to be questioned about your father's activities, you never order anything. You just watch the person who was interviewing you. <laughs> um, okay, we need to talk about that kiss. Oh, yes. We'll can get you, there. Can you please describe it? Okay, so he takes her to this very odd-looking, out-of-time diner more than once. Arlene. To talk about her, yes. Talk to her. And this one time he takes her there, like the second time, I believe... And he starts, like, you could tell he's, like, coming on to her a little. Like, he, I think he is assuming that there is something there, which there kind of is, but he's mm-hmm. definitely putting way more weight on it. Yes. He then gets up from his side of the booth, walks over to hers, and just leans in super hard for a kiss. Like, he is down her throat. And they kiss for a second, and then she pushes away and is like, don't do this, Jeffrey. And, uh, they end up in love, so I guess that's a lesson, maybe. you should definitely force yourself on younger women that you have power over because of your age and oh yeah she's a hardware store business yes she's a high school he is a college college age student of some kind that's kind that's ooh. now that you say that out loud that is extra creepy it all is and then he's like banging this rape victim it's... I mean, she's a MILF, I guess, in this she's story. A, yeah. She's a mother, and Kyle MacLachlan loves to do fuck on her, so... Mm-hmm. MILF. That's true. The eye stands it's for this Kyle MacLachlan. This movie gets the... <laughs> MILF, MILF stamp, stamp of approval. Bechdel test. <laughs> doesn't pass the Bechdel test. You turn after reading and tell about the MILF stamp. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, wow, wow. It's the man show. Dirt after reading edition. <laughs> We've been, Nick and I have been crunching the numbers and we realize we're, <laughs> we're not hitting our peak demographics. Yeah, yet. we notice it's, <laughs> it's, it's mostly women in their 20s <laughs> and older gay men. So we've decided we need to bring in that 18 to, tw- 18 to 36 straight white men. Do they still exist? No. As, no. An, ar- as an architect? No. Like, if you... Are there, like, frat guys on college being frat guys? Right oh, yeah, now? no, there like, are. For sure. Unfortunately, right? they still exist. Yeah. But, hey, this... It's lovely being extremely far removed. This them. Spanish flu 2 electric boogaloo is gonna do away with that, I think. Because <laughs> they're all just eating ass at pool parties, and you know how that ends. <coughs> and that's our stance here, Dirt After Reading. <laughs> Eat ass at pool parties. Yeah, do it. Hey, you'll never know. <laughs> you'll never know what <laughs> exactly you go home no one will know <laughs> the person who's asked you ain't probably would yeah, that's why you wear those uh those eyes wide shut masks <laughs> you've clearly you've cl- you and me clearly go to different parties we do yeah you yeah. can tell by the way you dress <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about all i'm wearing is nick's got a, a very stylish hip fit going on yeah i've got pants with leaves on them they're, they're like camo they're jeans they're denim they're like fo- they're Faux photorealistic denim. small leaves yes in like a camo but not military yeah pattern. like a, a mossy oak adjacent pattern yes 
You got some nice boots. Those are nice boots. Thank you. I got them for Christmas a few years ago. They're lovely boots. And I've got my uh, Michael Myers groovy t-shirt on. It is groovy. I thought from a distance, I thought it was Kim Jong-un. <laughs> you know me, big Kim oh, excuse guy. excuse me. Kim Jong-il? Uh, Kim Jong-un. They're both. The old one. They're both? His dad. He's dying. Kim Jong-il. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. The little guy. The little fella. Not the big guy. That little angry fellow with the bombs. youth but yeah i don't know what i learned from dern though i guess uh you should marry a guy that makes your life difficult yeah you might be able to change him and yeah if you see a bird that's a sign that you're doing the right thing Mm -hmm. especially that bird's eating a bug also, what was with that bird? That was like a puppet, right? Yeah. Okay, that was really weird. It was yeah. like a... It's like when you go on one of the older rides at Disney World and it's just a really bad animatronic. Yeah. Like when you go in the Tiki Room and it's just like those birds that like crank up and down <laughs> and you hear the metal of their beaks just flopping as the bird yep. songs are Or like piped the, um, the Jungle Safari yes. one. Which is a great old one. At least oh, yeah, one no. one on it because they tell very funny, dumb, like, jokes they really do uh there is believe it or not there is a weird owl song called working on the jungle cruise ride <laughs> you should listen to it because I will. it is bonkers good and i think it's an original one like i don't think it's a spoof i think that was one of the ones that he oh, just did he wonderful. was like it has to be done oh man boy howdy yeah we are cranking it out here so yeah this was a movie Yep. We watched it. Highly overrated. Don't Wait, let's look at... to watch it again. Let's feel smug about something <laughs> real quick. I'll go for it. Well, while you're doing that, I guess I can get between my derns. Go on in. Um, nothing, really. <laughs> Sorry to bum you guys out, but I have been so busy doing the hours of countless work it takes to keep this podcast up and running. I'm also a fry cook and a bartender, so my time's pretty, pretty spread been watching some spooky movies reading some spooky books and uh trying to not think about the fall of the nation and world yeah it's pretty much uh, it. there's a debate happening right now oh there sure I'll be, is i'll be watching that as soon as we're done recording yeah i think i'm gonna go to the bar and watch it because oh that's a good idea i can't i i don't want to see it at all it's already and on, at least though. from there it's been on for now i could like throw things at the tv because it's not mine. um by the bar, I mean the bar I work at, which is around the corner from where I am right now. Yes. What's your address again, Max? <laughs> I've already said it on this podcast. Oh, yeah, the listeners have. can find it. It's amazing nobody sent you mail. How do you know no one sent me no mail? Oh, <laughs> do you want to speak of mail? Oh, yeah, Wait, actually. Hold on. Smug thing before, oh, okay. before you lose this Please, thread. be smug. Well, we both get to. Oh. This movie, yeah, I know usually oh. it's just me. I'm affording you oh a wee bit of my smugness. I got a little shipper. This movie has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, interesting. And like, fuck, fuck all you. This I... industry is a sham. Because <laughs> no, this it's movie is not that fake. good. This movie is Boondock Saints. That's it. <laughs> That's oh. it. If you, you might think it means a lot. It doesn't. Love it or hate it. See it, you must. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> oh, man. I feel superior. 
I feel oh, way yeah. superior. My film degree who, is paying for like, itself. Tyler, oh, Ty, does Tyler uh, love this? I'm film? pretty sure. Oh, yeah, I know. Let um, him have it. John loves it. Any Lynch? Oh, I think John has told me it's his favorite film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John, I'm sorry, bro. Johnny boy. Oof. Oof. Swing and I miss. Nothing between your durns. Actually, no, there is something quite significant between my durns. If you could pass me the copy I gave you, because I just don't have it on me. I keep the original in a lock safe. At the beginning of quarantine, maybe a month in, I was at my parents' house, sequestered in the woods, living off of Granola and John Denver as we all must do at some point in our lives. And I God saw... Willing. What was that? God willing. God. Sun, sunshine on my shoulders. What can I say? Rocky Mountain High. Um, so, an artist you may know, B. Montero. He is known for his watercolor, um, uh, bleary-eyed frog and bird drawings that are usually kind of sad and thoughtful. Um, he put out a call to his fans for mail because he was also sequestered to his home and wanted to talk to new people and hear from different things. So I wrote him a nice letter on my stationery, and I sent it all the way to Australia where he lives. And about, I'm going to say four weeks ago, I received a parcel from airmail via Australia, and it was a return letter. In, the, in my letter, I mentioned that I did a podcast about Laura Dern, so he drew me a lovely watercolor drawing of his characters at a video store that has a Laura Dern section, <laughs> and there's a little sign above it that says three weekly rentals for $10. Great deal, by the way. And uh, it's his little characters just looking at the tapes, and they're all little VHS tapes of some of her movies and shows, and then there's a little sad character at the bottom saying, but no Jurassic Park, I asked. And it's just such a cute letter, and it's I so cute. I it's... opened it, and I was like, I I was having an okay day, average. <laughs> I smiled alone in the room mm -hmm. and read it, and I was so happy. This is B Montero. Thank you so yes. so much. Um, thank you. You are you huge, have been heard huge for our cloud score. Frankly. Oh, oh yeah, this is going to put our <laughs> podcast on the map. Laura Dern is going to finally send us that cease and desist. This is so lovely. It makes me so happy to see. Stay safe and keep on bopping. We will keep on bopping, Brett. Thank you. Oh, sorry, B. I don't know if that's his first name. <laughs> that's not me blowing <laughs> his cover. I just... Shot in the dark. <laughs> Can you imagine? I get a, a frantic email. Thank you so much, Bobby. <laughs> oh, Billy. Oh, Bobby boy. Old Australian Bobby boy. <sighs> yeah, I'm just happy thinking about it. It's, such it's, a... it's really... It's the same feeling... The full letter captures the, the feeling that um, their art does. Yes. It's, it's a smile ear to ear. It's that thing if you've seen like on Instagram or Facebook or something, you see a little cartoon someone posts and, and you see a little watercolor frog and your first thought is like, is that what Pepe the Frog? And like you're like, no, 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 that's not it. But I've seen this before. They did that's... recently do a design that I feel like has taken off a bit, and it's a dog with sunglasses saying, A cab, baby, deal with it. Oh, I haven't seen that. Wait, I think that's what it is. I'm, I'm mad at my... Oh, uh, no. It's something so like... It's very similar, active? but... He sold a lot of shirts, or they sold a lot of shirts. This could be a woman. I don't know. Or neither. I don't know. If you're out there, we love you. Anyway...
It's a wallaby. Ah, it's a wallaby because they're a wallaby who makes these. The B is for wallaby. <laughs> B is short for wallaby. Oh, my friend has a dog named B, and I'm gonna start calling her Wallaby. Oh, that's nice. I don't think it's real cute. So what's between your durns, Max? Um, well, a oh, big day. Big I know we day. Got a, lot of, a lot of Hearthstoners uh, listening to the pod. Um, Blizzard's Hearthstone, a collectible card battle game uh, based in the Warcraft 3 universe, announced today an entirely new game mode called Hearthstone Duels, which takes the single-player magic of dungeon runs and allows you to play person versus person. In a mile similar to the arena battle mode, which I happen to be a huge fan of. Now I know how you feel when I talk about things. <laughs> I'm sorry, go on. You're fascinated. Um, uh, a video game I like just came out with a super cool new game mode. So I mean, cool. That sounds out. nice. Yeah, this morning, it was that was a pleasant like surprise <gasps> to my morning. It's like, wait, what? It was like Christmas yeah. morning, it was. Um, beyond that, I've been... Befriending uh, the local children. <laughs> befriending the local children. Nick, You're going to start Nick, a child army. Nick met my friend um, in the neighborhood today when she helped us parallel park. Um, Very nice of her. She's four years old. Yes. Her name is Mystery? I'm not saying her name on this podcast. I'm not just dropping oh. my neighborhood children's name. You're right. You don't want to name drop. That's way too much clout for you. Yeah, no. Don't you... <laughs> Not that kind of name. I'm not giving out children's names. Yeah, her name's Mystery. I really don't remember something like that. I'm not going to say it on this podcast. That's fine. Um, But I... Let's see. What else is... What have I been doing with myself, Nicholas? You've been slowly moving your dresser closer to the window. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, That's a long story. That's fine. We don't have to hear it. Hey, man. Kinks are your business. I've been watching uh, a lot of SNL on YouTube. Nice. Which I think I've talked about like once or twice on here. Because I like it more than people who are like me like it. I think, <laughs> I think it's uncommon. I was at our friend Tim's house mm-hmm. and we just had a day. We just oh, had a Saturday. Yeah. A Saturday <laughs> at, at the crib where we just got hammered, and like 11.30 rolls around, I'm like, dude, can we put on SNL? I just want to see the cold open. He's like, really? <laughs> like, yeah, I really like it. But oh. like, I get that a lot of people don't. Um, but I like, on YouTube, there's so much on there, and like, it'll just take me down these weird algorithm trails, mm-hmm. and it's fun to like, reevaluate because I, I wasn't always like a watch it every week. I didn't have a lot, a lot of strong stance about a lot of casts. So I'm seeing a lot of stuff from different eras for the first time or the first time in a decade. Um, and some things that stand out. I think the number one, um, I think perhaps the most talented person on the cast currently, if not Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon was just an absolute standout. Um, but someone who I didn't realize was so good until recently, uh, Cecily Strong. Yes. Big Cecily fan. Strong was, a lot of times it was a little subtler, but she has she has a better range than anyone else on the current cast. She has the ability to not laugh better than anyone else on the entire cast. She um, 
she and she's just ungodly funny she's so goddamn good and i'm glad i think she got an emmy nomination or an award a golden global i don't know did, did they do awards recently sorry i only um watch dern related award shows now uh, Although they, I know yeah. the cycle is coming around again, and they've done a few remote ones. Yeah. Wait, no, she doesn't. Does she? Big Little Lies? Yeah. Yeah, I think she isn't. We've done this before, because I thought she was closer to an EGOT than she actually is. Right. Um, Give Laura Dern a Tony already. So Cecily Strong, amazing. Yes. Um, Bill Hader. Yes. I, I, I sort of took him for granted in his day. We well, he was good. We all do. No, I didn't. I wasn't. I, I wasn't fully appreciative of how talented he was. Um, it I just very. I think where he's able to make very extremely big characters without them being loud characters, like Will Ferrell. Well, a lot of big characters, but they're all loud characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Bill Hader has these crazy fucking characters, but he makes them, he gives them, like, quirks and, and like, a full, he captures them better, and it's not just yelling. Um, so big fan, big fan of Hader. Uh, and Kristen Wiig has a very limited range. Yeah, it's unfortunate. She's good at what she does, but it's, it's a narrow slice of the pie. She's seeing too many of hers in a row can, can feel stale. Um, even though some of the characters this oh, and best, most talented guest, repeat guest that I can name, hands fucking down, Justin Timberlake. Oh, yeah. No. He, like, he could be a fucking cast member. I remember he when I was... absolutely be a top cast member. When I was younger, I had a um, iPod video, and one of the few things I had on it was one of his... Like oh, earlier two thousand yeah. SNL episodes, like the one where they're doing the boat, With Lonely like, Island. The Lonely they were yeah. there. It's oh, the I'm one where they they're no 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 no. Um, um there's so I, like I remember every skit was amazing, and the one was um, Adam no um Justin Timberlake was on like a a boat coming from the old country, and Andy Samberg was too, and they were doing this bit about like what they want for their grandchildren, which would have been themselves, oh, and fun. it's just so Jewish and so funny. <laughs> Just Andy Samberg, like, I want him to be a singer. And Justin Timberlake is, will he be good? And Andy Samberg's like, ah, it'll be funny. That's, yeah. It'll be different. Um, oh, and good. another great guest, not JT level, because that's just ungodly. Anne Hathaway. I can Anne see Hathaway that. brought her all. It's cool seeing which actors are capable and put the work in to be able to, like, knock it out of the park in that medium. You know like, what? some that's like, oh, that's just not something they can do well. Official during after reading stance. Anne Hathaway gets the nice lady stamp of approval. She just seems like a nice lady. Does she have a kid? I don't know. Just there's another stamp of approval. <laughs> she might get it. No, Max! No! Kid? Kids, yep. Oh. I think. She has two kids! Oh, no! No, what? Oh, my God. Oh. A spooge. You gross little man. <laughs> Nick slapped the spooge button. I don't want to do that again. Oh, my God. 
Oh, this is what it's like being trapped in Jimmy Kimmel's brain. Oh, God. Wow. Where do you go from there, man? Oh, I loved the man show. I don't I think like, I've ever seen oh, it, been. unfortunately. Oh, I loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. It's a terrible show, listeners. Oh, I mean, I've, <laughs> I spent some of my boyhood watching Three, Spike TV. Living, living thrice as long as I had once, uh, I no longer enjoy it as much. <laughs> Probably a wise choice. No. I mean, the girl's jumping on trampolines. Don't get me wrong. I love that song. That's just... Thank that God was... for girls on trampolines. Yeah, that was the end of the credits of every episode. It was just <laughs> shots of babes in like, bikinis jumping on trampolines. I mean, hey. Consistency gets results. It's true. It's very... Yeah. So... Which <laughs> was garbage. Oh yeah, no. Terrible. Uh, what else do we got, man? Um, anything? I don't... Is there anything left in this lynch well for now? Before we take another dip um, in a few weeks? Yeah. I, I, David Lynch, I think he, you'll die in March of 2021. I don't know Would why I... we're doing that, but okay. <laughs> uh, no, I hope you don't. I hope you outlive us all. But I hope you don't make movies as bad as this ever again. I mean, I know he is still making movies. And, like, I'm gonna find out if this is your worst movie or not, because we still got, like, eight more David Lynch Stern films. <laughs> what if they all just end up by happenstance falling into, like, the last four weeks? <laughs> it's just a good... Lynch, 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 Lynch. I want... I, I love a good redemption. I really you, do. I mean, you still are pitching the concept that Donald Trump will have one, which is bonkers <laughs> to me. I will not, no, 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 no. To be clear, <laughs> I never once pitched that idea. I merely suggested the hilarity. I merely offered to people the thought experiment: Is it possible? <laughs> and like, what what would it be, and what what would it look like? I think there, there's a very fun story to be told there. I do not think it will happen. You're probably right. He is, if anyone has proven himself irredeemable as <laughs> this man, that which makes for the the fun exercise of considering you know, the I, Donald Trump redemption arc. I almost said his whole name out loud, and for some brief millisecond, my brain filled in his middle name as Ulysses, and I know that's wrong. Oh, I learned such a good presidential middle name, Ooh. and I forget what it was. Oh, go on. But we're gonna, you're gonna like this Do one. Do you know what the S of Harry S. Truman stood for? S. Yeah, nothing. It just sounded good. Um. Give me some hot presidential Nick, gods. Which president's middle name Richard is Nixon. or was Gamaliel? Oh, I thought you were gonna do Milhouse on me. No. Great no. middle name, by the way. Ain't my first rodeo. Can you do, can you say that one more time? Um, the name, just the name. Gamamiel. Warren G. Harding? Yep, correct. Did you know that? Were you guessing the G? Um, I did kind of guess just because that is a one that comes to mind specifically. That oh, is a, yeah. And when that would have been, that's a while ago, or right? Gamaliel. Warren uh, G. Yeah, Harding. Born 1865. What a name. Wow. Kind of a fox. You know that one president who has like living grandchildren? George W. Bush? No, like, there was, like, a president from, like... William the, Jefferson Clinton? There was a president that... Yeah. One uh, of them one of just the, like, died. Civil War, yeah. Like, John... 
John Tyler, I think. Like he, yes, it, I think it was John Tyler because he had kids when he was very old. That man had kids when he was very old, and he still had living. He has two living grandchildren. One of them just died, like last month. I love that this is assuredly not the first time we've just wandered into oh, no. presidential bric-a-brac. I think any more we do this once a month, <laughs> which I like. I like this corner of our podcast where we talk about the presidential about fun facts. Oh, it's a, it's a goof. It's a gaff. Not going to do the rhyme I did last week. That's oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I mean, we, we have some letters about we that. Have not, no, we haven't. We have not heard from memory any representatives of the communities that I accidentally mentioned in derogatory language. And it's fine because it was an accident. See, yeah, see what Nick's doing. I'm going to totally get Papa John on this. It's, it's a tactic straight from like Laura Ingram when she accidentally did her Nazi salute. Um, Nick is dog whistling. Oh, stop it. Nick is dog whistle. Accidentally says racial slurs. First of all, singular. (laughs) Not true. (laughs) Not true. I will leave it for the listeners. All right, there's a matter to be said for context. Yes, I think if you take the entire context around what I said, it's not bad. And that's still... I, I would put it in, like, the uh, Howard Cosell-esque ballpark of <sighs> racist gaff. Uh, and he got fired. You can look it up. Do you want me... Are you saying I'm fired? No. <laughs> are no, you I'm firing not... me from the show, Max? <laughs> FCC don't know shit about Dern. <laughs> Hell no. You can say whatever you want. Oh. Just know that I do not represent or endorse your views. And I'm going to cleverly edit what you just said to mean the opposite. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, this has been a roller coaster from start to finish. Always oh, is. You want to land this plane, buddy? <laughs> bring it on home. Well, uh, next week, the real thing doesn't matter because we are going to watch the short film adaptation of The Strange Tale of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, starring a Miss Laura Dern. Yeah. Woo. How short are we talking? I don't know. If it's like super short, we'll no, I think do you it, wanna, it's like. Do you want to tell us what's next? I it's know. like thirty minutes, I think. Oh, okay. So it's like okay. a short film. All right. But after that, we'll be doing some uh, drunk history and uh, trial by fire. Uh, oh. She was on drunk history. Yeah, I, think I thought you meant that was like a special episode you like hadn't told me. About. Oh no! Yes, we're gonna get drunk and talk about the president. Let's do it. Let's. Have it. We're doing shot for shot, a shot for every president, and we just read the facts. Let's get wild. I don't care for this. This sounds like if NPR tried to appeal to young people. Like, that's the kind of programming (laughs) they would have. NPR got, yeah, like... (laughs) What if NPR got cool really fast? (laughs) CBS After Dark. (laughs) They bring back the uh, like the Playboy um, late night show. Who would host it now? Who's the Playboy of today? John Hamm? No, he's yeah. married. So is Hef. <laughs> I love your eyes. More traditionally so married. <laughs> what do you mean? Hugh was a, <laughs> a lovely stay-at-home husband. It's not the same. Uh, There's no Playboy. Jordan <laughs> Jordan Peele. <laughs> the Playboy's like an Instagrammer that we don't know. Let Jordan Peele 
host the Playboy After Dark show. Jordan Peele? Yeah, I think that'd be fun. He's hosting the fucking Twilight Zone, so what does it matter? Was there a Playboy After Dark? Yeah. What, was it like B-movie softcore porn? I mean, kind of. It was like, it like was... Like that movie OJ was in in the 80s that I saw when I was in middle school and it was great? Max, this is not a therapy session. But, um, <laughs> I, I swear that really happened. I'm oh, trying to find this. Please find out what that's called. But no, it was just like a, it was like filmed in his in a very cozy studio with just a bunch of bunnies walking around, and it had guests, and it was like a hip hangout. Like loungy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Grateful yeah. Dead were on it at one okay. point, and actually they dosed the entire set with really strong acid. Are you sure? Yeah. That sounds like no, that's real. Mm-hmm. Um, that's if awesome. you. If you ever want to hear about it, the podcast series um, Disgraceland does a great episode about the Playboy dosing. But yeah, wild times. Um, I believe the film I was looking for... Oh dear. Maybe not. No. Well, this sounds like it could be a, a killing affair. Ooh. From 1977. Kinky. Oh, oh yeah, this is totally it. A white female detective is partnered with a black male detective to find a person who's committing a series of particularly vicious murders. My God. Some softcore sex. Whoa. <laughs> J. Simpson as Woodrow York. Oh, that's a sexy name right there. No, this is the second time I've talked about O.J. Simpson on the podcast today. Either this isn't the movie, or um, the woman who played Samantha from Bewitch made some sweet softcore porn in the late 70s. Um, Hey, man. Cocaine and Blue Eyes? That could be it. It could be any number of O.J.'s (laughs) 80s acting credits. (laughs) These all sound softcore to me. Cocaine and Blue Eyes. (laughs) The O.J. Simpson story. Oh, jeez. Jeez, jeez, jeez. What are we gonna do, Max? That's the way... It is. Amen. Do do Bruce Hornsby outro? Things will never be the same. Let's dern this up. Dern, 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 d